Alrighty, we are on the middle of 15b, um, Tes Vav Amor Bet. We just finished talking about a scenario where you did not uh, say the Shema in an audible fashion, and we had what, and we said what the halacha was. And now we're going to talk about an inaudible recitation um, when it comes to other mitzvot. So that's where we are up to now. We're up to the words Amar Rav Yosef. So we're at the words Amar Rav Yosef. So there's a colon in the middle of the wide lines. And about four or five lines up from that colon is the words Amar Rav Yosef. One, two, three, four, five words. Um, five words into the line. So Amar Rav Yosef, or Yosef says, Machlokis Bekriya This whole Machlokis about an inaudible Shema, and if you are fulfilled your obligation, that's only an argument when it comes to the saying of Shema, of a Bashar mitzvot, but when it comes to other mitzvot, divrei hakol lo yatsa, then everybody agrees that you did not fulfill your obligation if you did not hear what you said. Because the verse says, Yisrael, listen up, or be attentive and listen, O Israel. And we so, and that's a reference to the mitzvot in general. And we see that you have to listen, you have to hear, so we conclude that in all the other mitzvot, um, you must be audible. Okay, meisve, but we ask on this. It says a person should not say the benching, say the grace after meals um, in his heart. In other words, to himself, he should make it audible. But if he did do it to himself and it was not audible, he still has fulfilled his obligation. So we see that even when it comes to other mitzvot, there is an opinion that says that you have fulfilled your obligation, even if you did not do it in, a, in an audible fashion. So how are we to understand what Rav Yosef said? Ella i itmar hachi itmar. Rather, if it was said at all, it was said like this. This is really what Rav Yosef said. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Machlokes bekriya the argument is by shma, whether an inaudible recitation um, allows you to fulfill your obligation. Because by Shema, it says Shema Yisrael. It says Hero Israel. So it makes sense that there would be an opinion that says that if you do not hear what you said, you did not fulfill your obligation. Avo Bashar Mitzvos, but when it comes to other Mitzvos, Divrei HaKol Yatsa, there everybody agrees that even if you do not, or even if your recitation was not audible, you still have fulfilled your obligation. But then we say Yisrael. But doesn't it say by other mitzvot to be attentive and listen, O Israel, which we thought meant that you have to have an audible recitation? So we answer Hahu We say that that verse of be attentive and listen, O Israel, is specifically by words of Torah. Meaning when meaning when learning Torah one should make sure to be reciting the verses out loud. But when it comes to just all the other mitzvot, if you do not do it in an audible fashion, you still have fulfilled your obligation. Now we are going to go back and analyze the next part of the Mishnah. We are on the first col we are at the first colon on the page. We're going to be talking about Karav Lodikdik Seha. If you read the Shema, but you were not careful about the exact letters that you read. So we said in that case that Rabbi Yossi felt that you fulfilled your obligation, and Rabbi Yehuda said that you did not fulfill your obligation. Amar Rav Tavi, Amar Rabbi Yoshia. So Rav Tavi says in the name of Rabbi Yoshia, 
Halacha kedivreshnehem lahakel. The halacha follows both of them um, to be lenient. So, meaning in the case of an inaudible shema, the halacha follows the lenient one, and you have fulfilled your obligation. And in the case of um, where you said the shema but you did not, you were not careful with the letters. The halacha follows the lenient one, and you still have fulfilled your obligation. Ve'amaravtavi and Ravitavi. So Rabbi Tavi is the one that just said that last ruling. So now we're going to talk about some other things Rabbi Tavi said. Ve'amaravtavi, Tavi, Amar Biyoshia. Rabbi Tavi said in the name of My dichsiv. What does it mean when it says shalosh hina lo sizbano? The following three things are never satisfied. Sheo ve'otzer racham. So the two things quoted here is the Sha'ol, which is the grave, and the Otzer Racham, which is the constricted part of the womb. V'chima inyan Sha'ol Eitzel Rachem. So now what does the grave have to do with the womb? Elalomer Lacha, so the connection between the grave and the womb, which we see by the fact that they are put together in the same verse right next to each other, it's to teach you, just like the womb gives out and takes in, so too does the grave. The womb takes in the um, takes in the male semen and then emits a child, and so too the grave takes somebody in, a, a corpse in, and one day will emit it um, at the time of the resurrection of the dead. Now, similarly, we should have a kalvachomer to apply here. A kalvachomer again is where you see something in a more stringent case, in a more lenient case, in a more stringent case. Um, so, for sure, you would. I'm sorry, where you see something in the more stringent case, so you'd for sure say it in the more lenient case. So now, don't we have a kalvachomer here? Uma rechem shemachnisin bo bechashai motzin mimenu bekole kolos. If the womb, which takes in things in quiet, right? The, um, the, the act of intercourse is something that's private and quiet. Motsin mimenu bakole kolos emits with, um, with great sound, probably a reference to the crying of the child or the excitement. Sha'ol shemachnisen bo bakole kolos. So then the grave, which takes in with great sound, right? Again, all the crying that happens at a funeral, then for sure it when it, it it will emit amongst great noise. So we would see very clearly that we have a kalvachomer, we have a this type of argument where if something applies in one scenario, then we could say it for sure applies in the other scenario. So we see very clearly an argument for the resurrection of the dead. So from here we have an answer. We have a response to those that say that there is no biblical source for the concept of the resurrection of the dead. We have a source right here. Okay, so now we are at the um, that the next colon on the page, and we're going to talk about, so we're in the middle of talking about the Shema, so now we're going to talk about the portions of the Shema and uh, their placement in the Tefillin and in the Mezuzah. Tani. Rabbi Yoshia Kmeda Rava. Rabbi Yoshia taught in front of Rava. Uchesavtam. The Pasuk says, the verse says in Shema, and you shall write them. Hakol um, This would seem to teach us that everything should be written. Afilut even 
the verses that are there to um, to command, even the, the the commandment verses. So in other words, the question is, is we know that we put the different paragraphs of Shema into the mezuzah. The question is, is do we only put do we put the parts that are just the narrative of and you shall do this, like you shall write the mezuzah and put it on your doorpost, or do you only put into the mezuzah the parts of the Shema that are the acceptance of the yoke of heaven, not the instructional parts of the Shema? So what the what we're teaching right now is from the fact that it says Uchasav Tama and you shall write them. This would seem to imply that everything should be written, including the instructional verses in the first two paragraphs of Shema. Now, the way Rashi explains this is the word uchesavtam can be looked at as two separate words of tam, which means you shall write perfectly, which would mean a reference to you should write the entire paragraph. Okay. You should write the entire paragraphs, not leave out the instructional verses. So Amarle, so Rava says to Rabbi Yoshia, the Amar Lachmani, who told you that this is the case? Rabbi Yehuda, he, it's Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar Gabe Sota. Because Rabbi Yehuda said um, by the Sota. So a Sota is a case of a woman who um, needs to prove that she was not adulterous. And basically they write a, a, a piece of, uh, um, a bunch of uh, verses from the Torah are written on some parchment and it's mixed up with water and then she'd have to drink the water and um, that would help prove whether she was adulterous or not. So the question that we're talking about is what exactly do we write on that parchment? And the question is, alos kosev tzavaos eno kosev. So Rabbi Yehuda said by Sota that you write the curses in the passages about the Sota, but you do not write the instructional verses about what you're supposed to do to find out if somebody is adulterous or not, if a Sota, if a woman um, in this type of scenario is adulterous or not. V'hasam hu and there, when it comes to the sota, it says the chasav es ha'alosa and he shall write these curses, and he shall write these curses, and that's why Rabbi Yehuda said in such a scenario that all your in the case of the sota, all you write is the curses, because it says very clearly write the curses, um, which we can infer means not the instructional verses. Aval hacha, but here in the Shema for the mezuzah, dichsiv uchasav tam, because it says and you shall write. Which Rashi understands, you shall write perfectly. We understand this to mean you write the entire paragraph, including the instructional verses about the mezuzah. So now this is going to be Rav's question. Now is Rabbi Yehuda's reason for only writing the curses in the case of the Sota, is it because all it says is the word v'chasav and you shall write? Taimad Rabbi Yehuda mechshim dichsiv alos. No, the reason for Rabbi Yehuda in the case of the Sota is because there it specifically says you shall write the curses, which you can infer alos in sava oslo, which would you can infer that you should write the curses and not the instructional verses. What do we see from there? What do we see from there? We see that in that if if all it wrote, if all the verse said was v'chasav and you shall write, and didn't specify the curses, we would have concluded that you would write both the curses and the instructional verses.
The only reason we don't write the instructional verses in the case of the Sota is because it says just write the curses. So we can infer from that then that in order to be taught that you need to write an entire paragraph including the instructional verses, all it needs to say is you shall write. Why then is it necessary by the Shema, by the Mezuzah, to say Tom, you shall write perfectly? That doesn't seem to be necessary if you could learn out the same thing just by writing Vechasav, and you shall write without that extra two letters uh, that teach us about writing perfectly. So why then, in the case of the Mezuzah, do we need to write Tom, you shall write perfectly? So it's Terech, so we answer that it's necessary in the case of the mezuzah to write out uchasatam, you shall write them, which we understand to mean you shall write perfectly. Because you may have thought, you may have thought that you shall learn out that it says the word writing by the mezuzah, and it says the word writing by the sota. So you would have thought that just like by the sota, we would have learned out through Xera Shava, for the fact that we have the same word in the same two different places, we would learn out the same rules. And we would say, just like by the Sota, you write the curses, but you do not write the instructional verses. Av hachanami, so too by the Shema, by the Mezuzah, Tzavaos Lo. Um, we also would not write the instructional verses, we would learn it out from the Sota. Therefore, the Torah specifically has to write, you shall write perfectly, to tell us that it's different than the case of the Sota. And in fact, you have to write even the instructional verses into the Mezuzah. We are now at the last, um, we are now at the last colon on the page, and we're going to talk about making sure you pronounce the Shema properly. Tani Rav Ovadia Kameda Rava, Rav Ovadia Tad in front of Rava. Vilimadatem, uh, and you shall teach them. Shiehelimudchatam. So the way to read that word, the way we expound that word is that your studying should be pure. Shiehelimudchatam, your studies should be pure. What this means, Sheitain Revach Bain Hadvekin, that you shall put um, a space between the words that can become attached. So meaning your study should be pure, meaning your statements, your recital should be pure, should be perfect. And this teaches us that when you have two words where the last letter of the word and the first letter of the word can be sounded the same, you have to make sure that there is a space. Ani Rava Basre, so Rava um, answered after what Ravadia said, and gave some examples of what this means. Kigon al levavecha. So for instance, upon your heart. The Hebrew of upon your heart is al levavecha. The last letter of the word al, upon, is a lamed. And the first of the word your heart is also a lamed. So you could possibly, if you're going quickly, you could say al vavecha. And end up missing one of the lameds because they would just kind of get absorbed in the previous lamed. So that's what we're saying here, that you have to make sure that you um, put a separation where it's possible that a letter can get absorbed or can get, uh, can get skipped. Al levavachem, another example is upon your heart. Bechol levavacha, another example. Bechol levavachem, with all of your heart. But again, it's the last letter and the first letter of the next word that are the same. Esev besadacha, um, grass in your fields. Vavadatem meheira. And you will be um, you will be banished quickly. Hakanaf pesil, the corner of thread. Eschem me'aretz, you from the land. And all those cases, those are cases that you need to be extra careful about. 
Now that we're talking about pronouncing the words of Shema, we're just going to finish off with that. Amar Rabbi Chama Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Chama taught, I'm sorry, Rabbi Chama, the son of Rabbi Chanina, said, Anybody that reads the Shema, and is very careful about the letters, Mitzanin and Lo Gehenim, Hell is uh, is is uh, cooled for that person. Shenemar, as the verse says, Bifares Shakai Milachim Ba Tashleg Bitsamon. It says when God scatters the kings, um, it says Ba Tashleg Bitsamon. In it shall the um, shall the darkness become white. Al-Tikri Bifares, do not read the verse as um, Bifares when God scatters. Ela Bifares, rather read it um, Bifares when you're clear, or when you're um, exact with the words. Al-Tikri Bitsalmon, don't read it as a darkness. Ela Bitsalmavis, rather read it as Tsalmavis, which is a reference to hell. And the concept would be, when you are clear with the words of God, then hell will become cooled for you. And we will uh, stop here for today. So what we did was today is um, we fin- we talked about other mitzvot and if they need to be if they they were done inaudibly what the halacha is did you fulfill your obligation? Then we talked about um, um, a proof from the Bible for the biblical proof for the existence of the concept of the resurrection of the dead. And then we talked about, and then we talked about what needs to go into the mezuzah. Um, do do the instructional verses need to go into the mezuzah or not? We of course decided that decide that they do. And then we talked about proper pronunciation of the Shema and its importance. Have a great night.